Welcome to the Hellraiser Podcast. Hello there, welcome to episode 26 of the Hellraiser Podcast. This is Peter and this is Phil. Hello. Hello, Phil. Hello there. And today we have a very special podcast for you. We're going to be talking about Nightbreed again, the Cabal Cut, and an interview with the guys behind Occupy Midian. We sat down and had a chat over Skype recently with Ryan, Jose and Crystal, and this is what we had to say. So we're now talking to some of the guys from Occupy Midian. Hello, guys. How are you? Hey. Uh, great. Good. How are you? Great. Very well, thank you. So let's talk a little bit about how, how this got started then. What was your first interaction with the, with the group, with the whole movement? Um, I guess uh, Mad Monster Party uh, is, is, is the event kind of where it all got started. Uh, Crystal, was, you were there with me for that one. I mean, not, we were not together, but... but uh, yeah, we, we were hadn't both met, at, yeah, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So um, I had... Uh, Jose and I had... Uh, had started this podcast uh, in January, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm going to fly out to um, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, to go see this screening of Nightbreed, because I knew I had missed the Horror Hound uh, screening, um, and I wanted, I really wanted to, you know, and I thought that was a once in a lifetime chance to see all that extra footage, so I wanted to see that again. So mm, yeah. I. And as things were kind of going by, we started to learn that this wasn't the same thing as Horror Hound. They had actually put together a real movie. It, you know, Horror Hound was just, they just took the footage from those tapes and strung them all together. Yeah. 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 yeah so we hear. So what was your first reaction when you saw the, the, the Cabal cut as it was then? Oh, it was amazing. I got chills just watching it. It was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I should clarify that I'm the only person here who hasn't watched the Cabal Cut yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Much, much to my, um, you know, regrets. Well, but, you know, I'm well, you've got a You've got a great treat coming to you. Oh, yes. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on, on going. I was just telling them about uh, the Manchester screening. I was thinking about going, but uh, there are some things on, you know, uh, personal matters here. There maybe I will not be able to be there, but you know I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do well, my it's best. doing the rounds until January, so they say. So you've got so you've got some more time to catch it. Oh yeah, I think it's going to be on Sri Lanka too and Mexico. Who knows? <laughs> okay. <Wow. laughs> Next yeah. time I go to the grocery store, I might stop by Sri Lanka and watch the movie. Oh, why not? <laughs> yeah. Then no, no plans to screen it in Portugal then at the moment. Well, we're still working on it. There's this festival. Okay. There's a film festival called Fantasporto, which uh, I've been in touch with the directors of the festival, and I've sent Russell Charrington a, a PDF, uh, what do you call it? A, um, uh, an application. Pamph- application, yes. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. An application. So um, really, if it, we can deliver that until December. So the the directors of the festival say, hey, I'm up for that if you guys are – sending me that stuff so uh i'll try to get russell to work on that application and see what happens so it would be nice to have it on february of next year in portugal that would be great i mean we yeah. have we have a long tradition with Fantas porto of premiering clive barker movies here and they've actually brought doug bradley to to portugal like three or four times and you know they've even screened movies by uh fraser lee uh, who worked with doug bradley as well doing uh on edge and red lines so they they've been on Fantasporto too, so who knows? Maybe maybe we can make this happen. It's it's just a matter of delivering that application on time. Okay, well, cool. good luck with that. And how come um, you were there, 
crystal at the uh, initial screening? Um, honestly, my fiance has loved the movie forever, and he introduced me to it. And we happened to see that it was only two and a half hours away. We had a free weekend, so we went down to see it. And so how did you get involved in the whole Occupy Midian movement then? Um, I was really moved by Ann Bobby's speech about the Occupy Midian, and I actually went and created my own blog, was going to try to uh, bring more notice to the film and got on Facebook and noticed they'd started their own Occupy Midian group and I asked to join and they allowed me and everything else just kind of fell into place. Okay. So you kind of got into it through your fiance and then you loved it yourself when you oh, saw yes, it. Oh yes, absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and can I, Ryan, can I ask mm-hmm. you, how did you get involved? Did you just start it up unofficially or did you get involved with them first to ask their permission to do it or how did that work for you? Uh, it was kind of a little bit of both. I mean, we, um, so I was, I was sort of, you know, how you guys kind of do the same thing. I, I had a little field recorder and, you know, yeah. at the, in the line to get autographs, I did a, a little interview with, uh, Craig Sheffer and Ann Bobby and they, and they sort of offhandedly, uh, Craig Sheffer had said, um, Hey, if they don't allow this to get put on DVD, people are going to occupy Morgan Creek. And then Ann Bobby said, occupy Midian. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, that's a really good idea. <laughs> and I said, you heard it here first. And she said, she said, no, no, it was my idea. So so that's that's kind of where the name came from. And then later, I think she told Russell and, and Mark that in in the bar uh, that same night. And and so, uh, you know, then I, I, I called up um, or I, I was Facebook chatting with with Jose and, and Roger and um and they they got you know and we i said hey this you know i think this name is really good i think that that uh you, we all kind of agreed that that we should get we should run with this and and uh roger oh, yeah. started the facebook group and we all started sort of madly adding every single person that we could think of mm-hmm. and yeah. it just kept on going exponentially uh from there yes indeed we we also got the, the Twitter started. We got a Gmail going, and uh, we got the petition written and posted. Yeah, uh, yeah, just did that part, and and so that was it. Was basically just uh, we just thought, well, you know, let's use social media. So we were like, yeah. let's see, you know, what we can do here. And I think by the time we had finished uh, adding our friends that we knew were Clyde Barker fans to the group, we might have had already like a hundred people there, right? I mean, mm. yeah. I know that most of my Facebook friends are Clyde Barker fans that I know from, you know, previous uh, online forums and stuff like that. So we just started adding everybody and we, we, uh, you know. uh, Well, and and we did, uh, we did talk to Russell and Mark and we made them admins right away. Yeah. So that it would be an official movement. And I think that's Mm -hmm. helped us a lot. If and then, we, of course, you know, if it had just been a fan movement, it might have fizzled out in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I mean, this... we, because because Ryan knows Mark Miller, they're actually friends, so uh, it was easy to get in touch with them and get their contacts and you know get this thing going. That's great. I mean, like, I guess it's um, in the modern world, the kind of social media we've got now, it's so kind of easy to do this. Can you imagine back in the day where you just got you guys would just be on a forum? Yeah, talking about it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah okay, no. we're trying to get something going, but like, who would hear it? <laughs> yeah, and and that's not that long. It's it's not that long. Far back, like like even five no. years ago, you know. No. Well, in two thousand and nine, they tried to do this same thing, 
and uh, there's a petition that has 900 signatures on it out there. And then we had another member that just you know came up and said, "Hey guys, I started a petition in 2009, and he had one with 300 signatures on it." Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so yeah. it's I mean, just so it's amazing how much more you can do now. I I don't know how much of it is you know luck and how much of it is all the work that we put into it. I think it was just and, doing the right thing at the right time. Uh, yeah, it's a combination of factors that you know. I mean, when 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 the tapes were discovered in two thousand nine, and uh, they were announced and screened by Revelations, Phil and Sarah Stokes. Uh, who are, you know, wonderful people who run this beautiful website. Um, I, I was, I, I keep in touch with them regularly and, uh, immediately they were like, Hey, you know, let's, let's, you know, please send us emails, uh, saying how much you want to watch this movie and how much you want it to be released and, and send it on Twitter and on email. And so people were sending revelations, all these things that they actually compiled on a big, a long uh, page in their website. But unfortunately for, you know, it didn't go very far because I guess that there was not that, um, there wasn't the whole mechanism behind it of screenings and everything to promote it more. And yeah. at the mm -hmm. time, uh, Russell Charrington hadn't gotten a hold of the, uh, of the footage yet. So I think he started working on the cabal cut in 2010 so um, it just kind of fizzled out for a bit because, you know, the, the, the last word on Morgan Creek was, well, we can't find the footage. So, you know, and they allowed it to be screened at uh, Horrifying um, mm. Mm. or Hound. Yeah. Was it Horror Hound, right? Ryan? Yeah, Horror Hound. Uh, and, and Weekend, right. Yeah. And so, they kind of decided that that was not, I mean, that was not the best way to screen the movie. It, it, was, it wasn't a really good experience, I guess. Yes, yeah, so they still had the lead-in reels in the uh, in yeah. the actual footage, right? So the, the the movie was always being interrupted by that. So, but yeah. then of course uh, Russell Charrington stepped into the picture and he got that cabal cut going, and uh, of course this this made it more appealing. This immediately made it more appealing for fans to to watch. So yeah. I guess the Mad Monster Party is the real reason. Uh, yeah, and if so those. Right, Ryan being there was the real reason to come back with the whole Occupy Median name that Ann Bobby came up with, and we were like, "Well, mm -hmm. let's get it started then." So, and and those people, the the Mad Monster Party convention people, uh, contacted Mark and said, "Hey, I remember you guys did that screening at Horror Hound. Uh, we want to we want to show that too." And they said, "You know what? We actually have something even better." And uh, and the people at Mad Monster Party called. Morgan Creek and asked if it was okay to show uh, to show the screening, you know, to do the screening for for the Cabal cut, which they'd never heard of before, uh, and they they got permission. And from then for a while, every event had to get individual permission to screen the movie. Yeah. All right. right. And is that still the case now? Or, or no, uh, they freer? they gave them they gave them permission uh, to to screen it as much as they want. Yeah. Right, so it's uh, now Mark and Russell who have the say where it gets shown. Yes, but they have to be there, so that's the caveat. So they can't oh, distribute okay. it or or show it theatrically like you would a normal movie. Right. Okay. Well, right. I think that the reason they have to be there too is because this is a movie that has to be properly contextualized and introduced. Yes. It's yeah. not something yeah. that you can just immediately sit down and say, well, I'm going to have a cinematic experience. Well, it's one for the fans, yeah. isn't it? Because, you, yeah. uh, as we said in our recent podcast, you, you couldn't sit down as a normal 
person normal yes. and just normal kind of watch it yeah. normal guy and just kind of watch it and go oh yeah that's, that's good you'd and be like have, well if you have the little introduction with Russell saying alright guys it's going to go into you know as he calls it porno quality every now and again yeah. then <laughs> yes once you've once you've got that then you you think okay that's fine i can i can deal with that and then you do and you completely buy into it and you believe it and it's a wonderful experience yeah absolutely yeah but there's um so there's an issue now to sort of get the film restored i guess or are there you know is there film at morgan creek yes have you heard of any of, of any you know further finding the actual film no. To get these bits put back in. Not no, e- but we also don't think that they're trying very hard. Yeah. Or at least the, that's kind mm. of the hope that it exists somewhere and that they're just right. Yeah. We were discussing that in our last episode of the Clyde Barker podcast and I think I yeah. was the mo- most angry and vocal one about this. I was like, <laughs> how is it possible that a movie disappears like this? All the negatives, all the elements, all these special effects composite shots all that stuff has to be somewhere it just can't it just can't have simply vanished from the face of the earth so i'm thinking that as the process moves along that maybe one one at one point they're going to be like well we're going to release this so let's just go in and see what we can find because i'm imagining that morgan creek doesn't have the the movie but probably 20th century fox has it i don't know i mean well you hope so i mean like but I, i saw recently about the on the blade runner thing they almost chucked out all the blade runner yes stuff, i think yes. yeah and, yeah right and that's obviously became that last time yeah mm-hmm. and that was a super successful if, film if it's if it's a case of them they can't be bothered to look for it then surely you know they could give mark and russell permission to go down into their archives and they would be, happily spend you know a fortnight looking through all the stuff looking for oh, yes. it yeah and it's more it may be more likely that it's at 20th century fox rather than yeah. at more creek mm. yeah and um yeah, and so there's two. There's sort of two paths that the movie can take, right? I mean, one is if they never find the footage, then they they have to bake the the tapes, the VHS tapes, mm-hmm. and uh, and they they can get the absolute best quality version of that footage that they can. But you do it once, and you you play it once, and it's gone. So they have to you know record it at that point, and then they make that version of the movie. Yeah. Uh, or if they're going to start all over again, if if somebody finds the footage, and I think they're hoping that that happens too, so they don't want to invest all the money in restoring this version if the film elements still exist somewhere. Yeah, of course. Well, so it's like a hundred thousand dollars, I think, to to restore the version that we have right now. Right. I think it's around that. I think Russell has mentioned once or twice that he. Uh, the estimated amount would be around one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, so mm. I, I don't know how that breaks down. But uh, the fact is that I think this might not be crowdfunded after all, because there are uh, talks being done with actual people interested in producing the uh, the restoration. So for now, I'm going to let Russell announce that. But uh, but 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 there is a there are people interested in producing this so yeah that, and, and if people thing. are like why aren't you doing a Kickstarter I mean they had planned to do that but that's why yeah 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 and just just for the people out there who don't know tape baking is a technique where uh, the tape the magnetic tape is subjected to a kind of treatment inside a kind of an oven and a controlled humidity so. One of the reasons why the, the tape de- degrades over time is because sometimes the uh, magnetic elements get stuck to the back of the 
the other tape that's on top of it because it's all rolled up in, in a, a neat roll. And also the water, the humidity that, that gets into the tape. So when you bake the tape, um, part of that layer of magnetic tape that's been stuck on the back of the, the other loop gets put back onto the magnetic tape and also the humidity is taken out. So it becomes a little better quality. I think one of the movies that was restored this way was uh, the work print of Alien 3. I was about to say that because Russell even mentioned that at the screening we were at. He said, you know, the worst case scenario, we'll have to go and do what we did with Alien 3. So that made me think, oh, I've seen that and that's actually quite good quality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, even, it's really hard to tell the difference. Mm. No, I mean, so that, really I mean that hard, but I mean it's it's very close. No, yeah, <laughs> but that would I mean that if they can do that as well as the Alien Three one, that will look acceptable. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it also we can't forget that uh, Phil and Sarah Stokes are working on a, a book about the production process of Nightbreed, so that's also mm. something to look forward to. And yeah. we hear there's a, a documentary film being made as well about the whole thing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yep. So, the whole the, I think the final product. There's a whole lot of speculation on what's going to be, but what we know that they're aiming for is uh, is a like a double disc Blu-ray set that has yeah. uh, an, a high definition version of the original theatrical movie and the Cabal cut in whatever form that's going to take. Well, it's about time. I don't know if it's you're aware. Of, it's but kind of hilarious, we, though, isn't it? We, what were we going to say? No, no, just thinking, like, we're basically at the moment convincing a studio that we want to give them money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they're and like, just, you just know, give and, us a and, product and, and we'll give you the money. Yeah. And, and we were, and it's funny how we were, you know, we were all celebrating when Morgan Creek said that they were going to give us or, you know, Occupy Midian or, and, you know, Russell and Mark permission to raise money to make the movie. And that's, you know, it, it's it's funny the world that we live in now that we would think that that was, that that was a, a neat thing. Like, that that's great. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, hey, yeah. We're, you know, we're giving you permission to do our job for us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a complete no-risk thing for the studio. They're just like, well, if you guys get the interest, you yeah. guys advertise it, you guys make it good, and then we'll just say, yeah, okay, you can do that. Yeah. And then but, we'll take the money. It's definitely better than just a flat out no. Yeah, rather, absolutely. They, yeah. they, they yeah. could have just said, you know what, that movie was a flop, and we don't want anything to do with it. So no, forget it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, it, but they are seeing that that there's uh, that there's a market. Absolutely. Well, guess, yeah, absolutely. Well, they never even released the DVD over here in the UK. No. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that 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 that's so crummy. Yeah. It's been on TV. It's been on TV over here, but no, there's no DVD. DVD. It's crazy. It's so weird. I, I think in Portugal, in Portugal, we had a Nightbreed come out on a rental VHS, but I don't think it ever came out in a direct sale tape or even DVD. So, yeah. I definitely I remember seeing it in at rental VHS as well, but I, I don't remember seeing it in a shop to buy as a VHS, no. but we definitely had that. Uh, we well, definitely had the VHS at some point. Yeah, well, I, I I actually bought the rental VHS from a, a, mm -hmm. video, a video store back in the 90s after they were like, well, well, this movie has run its allotted time, so I'm, I'm thinking about yeah. selling it. Do you want to buy it? I was like, yes. And luckily it was not that used, so or sadly. So uh, yeah, I ended yeah. up buying the movie, so yeah. Yeah. My first one was on Laserdisc. Haha. -ha. I still mm -hmm. have it. Have oh, wow. Now, but... 
I've have I've got Hellraiser and Laserdisc, but I just it was an impulse buy on eBay. I haven't got a Laserdisc player, so I can't watch it. <laughs> but I've got but I've got the disc up on my shelf. It looks yeah, amazing. It, yeah. Which, which which one do you have? Do you have the one with the picture of the discs on the sides, or do you have the box set one? I've got the big box set with a signed script in it from Clive. Oh yeah, it's a that's, gorgeous, that's really, gorgeous that's box a, set. That's a really nice set. Yeah, it's really lovely. And it's got it's their limited, raised limited uh, pinhead profile on the on the cover. On the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous. It looks awesome. So I had to buy it, but I've, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal said um, you just got into Nightbreed uh, through your fiance, yeah. Yeah. Initially, but did you have any interest in um, other Clive Barker stuff, or was that just a complete new thing? Because obviously, we're all like chatting, like we know about Clive Barker <laughs> and we love him, but like. Was it, is this completely new to you? or you It's into very, very new to me. Um, he introduced me to Clive Barker when we were dating uh, through Weave World. That's the first book I read. And I'm slowly reading more and more of his stuff. And I just, I love it. And I've been introduced to a few more of his movies. Um, Richie's had me watch uh, Midnight Meat Train and mm. Dread. And um, <laughs> I haven't watched The Hellraiser yet, but I'm... It's, oh, it's on the agenda. Oh, you oh, come on! <laughs> you, watch, you watch Dread before you watch Hellraiser. That's crazy. I can't believe you've watched Dread before you watch Hellraiser yeah. too. Oh man! Yeah. Well, you got you got a treat coming to I'm you. Really, I'm really happy for you because you haven't you've got that first viewing to look forward to. That's brilliant. Yeah. We're in the treat. middle of moving, so it's packed up in a box somewhere, and or wow. I would have watched it already. So. So oh, I, yeah. I think in, in one of your episodes, didn't you say it would be interesting to watch the movies in reverse chronological order? Yes. So that they go I, from from terrible to, to good? <laughs> yeah. You might, you might not get the whole story. I don't, I don't but, think uh, I could. I don't think I could watch Hellraiser Revelations again. I don't think you could stick it out. No. Yeah. Although if you watched Revelations and then Hellworld, you probably would want to give up then. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd give up then. No, yeah. watch, watch the Revelations makes me hit things while I'm watching it. Or when when I watched it, no. I was actually punching the the, the, the <laughs> chair that I'm sitting. You you oh, say that awful. there's been a, there's been a big debate in fandom about which is worse, Revelations or Hellworld, and it seems to be people prefer Revelations to Hellworld. Ah, uh, I don't really? understand. Yeah. I don't agree. That makes yeah. no sense to me. I mean, I don't like either one, but <laughs> oh. Yeah, I I disdain them both. So that's that is fine. an yeah. interesting question. Yes, Revelations didn't look like a real movie. No, no, it didn't. No, and the acting was so poor that I could barely watch it. Well, Revelations looked like for me like if some students at school they were like, okay, you can do a little video project, and yeah. uh, you know you get yeah. some credit, and they were like, oh, I like Hellraiser. I'll do like a little Hellraiser film. That's what it seemed like to yeah. me. And they and and it seemed like they took things from a, a script from a, a remake script because there was there were things that happened in Hellraiser that they sort of try in Hellraiser one that they sort of tried to to cram into this new story. Yeah, yeah. I would say and, the and only... the and the parents were all looked like they were the same age as their children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would say the only redeeming factor between those two movies is that Doug Bradley is on Hellworld, so. Yeah, that's the yeah, only reason why and one Lance movie. And Lance Henriksen be... as well. Yeah, and oh, Lance Henriksen, of course. Yeah. Well, and Hellworld <laughs> did look like. I mean, it looked like kind of a corny, typical, you know, early two thousands movie. It, I mean, but it, it was had, a movie. Had, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It, I, I think um, out of the two, I think um, Hellworld. We've said it before. You know, was just kind of fun. It was rubbish. I hated it, but it was kind of funny <laughs> to watch. Whereas Revelations made me angry. 
Yeah, you can't you can't enjoy that movie. I think that's the difference. And uh, just going back to to Crystal and uh, and and the fact that she is relatively new to this. I always, I always felt a little jealousy when she told me, like, oh, I just watched Nightbreed for the first time, like, two months ago, and, yeah. and now I'm going to watch The Cabal Cut. I was like, oh, <laughs> my oh, gosh. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm watched, massively I wa- jealous. Yeah, I watched Nightbreed back in 93 or something, and I, I, the same year that I bought the making of the film book from, you know, that, that wonderful little book. And ever since 93, I've looked at the pictures on the book, read the script, and I know that there is footage out there that had all this different alternative story. And I was like, when will this come out? Will this ever come yeah. out as a bonus on a DVD or something? And it's like, I yeah. completely lost hope until 2009. And then it's yeah. finally, it's like the tape came up. Yay. And, and then 2009 rolls by, 2010, 2011. And I'm like, well, it seems like the footage is out, but nothing's going to happen to it. And finally this happens so i'm really happy now i never even considered the fact that that it would be released with all the stuff put back in when we when we stood outside um the cinema in leicester square in london and we were like we're gonna watch nightbreed cabal cut that was really bizarre yeah because we just were like wait a minute this is on in a huge cinema here in london and yeah did you see the picture that he took of the of the line i mean you were there yeah yeah, we we were there yeah and we had our tickets already, so we were thinking... Oh, you, we, 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 didn't, we, didn't, we didn't stand in a line. <laughs> we didn't join in there. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that was just a line to buy tickets? I think so, or to collect your tickets you had already ordered. But or, just to, to, or just to be excited. Or just to be excited, yeah. the excitement <laughs> yeah. line. I wanted to go to the Leicester Square screening so much at the Empire Cinema, but the yeah. uh, the Olympics were, were going on, I think. Well, well they yeah. finished shortly yeah. before yeah. the movie. Yeah, and it was horribly expensive to fly to London at that time oh, and stay yeah, at a I hotel. Yeah. It was just crazy. Sorry, I would have <laughs> Sorry to, about that. Yeah, I would have to spend <laughs> thousands of euros just to go there and watch the movie. So I was oh, like, well, God. it looks like might have to go to the Manchester one. But, of course, mm-hmm. now the Manchester one seems unlikely too. But who knows? Maybe I can catch another one soon. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. You, you, you're trying to see something for the second time, whereas, yeah. like, Crystal's got this amazing Hellraiser stuff to experience for the first time. <laughs> keep going on about yeah. that. I can't even believe it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you yeah. to watch it for the first yeah. time. I love it. Every time... I try and get everybody that I know to watch Hellraiser for the first time, and I've had many different reactions, but I just love, you know, yeah. introducing people to Clive Barker's work for the first time <laughs> because they always have a really visceral reaction. Whether they love oh, it or they yeah. hate it, you know, it's yeah. always something really big. Yeah. And that's what I, I think is great about his stuff. That kind of reminds me, actually, Crystal, uh, since you were new to Nightbreed and you, were, you, weren't, you hadn't been watching Nightbreed for 20-some years like the rest of us, which voice do you like better for Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the dubbed voice. Okay. Because I'm thinking that a lot of the negative reaction to that is because people are so used to seeing the other version. Mm. Why has there been a negative reaction to the new one? Yeah, there's been a negative reaction to Rachel's, you know, uh, Catherine Chevalier's real voice. Oh, really? Yeah, that it sounds too like... I liked it. Yeah, well, they thought they felt like it sounded too teenager-ish, maybe? Oh, or no, like I, American, I, I thought it was good because I, I thought you could have the actual actor's performance, mm-hmm. which worked yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. that's why well, I liked and, it better. 
and we we had one one guy that posted on the on the uh, group that he liked Doug Bradley's uh, voice in his the, the, his German sounding voice better than Doug Bradley's natural voice, and we oh, had to tell him no no that wasn't Doug Bradley, and he says yes, yes it yeah. was. We, we had, said, no. we, yeah, I remember that conversation. Yeah, we had quite a hard time convincing him that, look, that's not Doug Bradley's voice. Well, no, you, you guys are, are trying to replace his performance. It was so good. No, it was not Doug Bradley's that voice. That wasn't his performance. And no. I was like, well, who says so? And I said, well, Clyde Barker and Doug Bradley yeah. say so. So yeah, finally. Like, oh, yeah, my God. There's the German guy in the credits. It's like, well, I guess you got us there. I mean, he, he's not in the credits, but. Right. Yeah, but then <laughs> he believed that's us. That's amazing. Yeah, he, so he they, eventually so, did. He eventually did. Yeah, he eventually realized he was an idiot. So <laughs> <laughs> you found an article or something. You found something with the text in there that said. Yes, I did find a quote from uh, from Clyde Barker and another one from Doug Bradley. I think where they mentioned that you know that the voice was dubbed over by a German fellow in the United States. So that was yeah. finally mm. well, was what what took to convince him. So yeah. But I, uh, I just I just discovered that I have some notes here about uh, how Occupy Midden evolved uh, since it was created, because it was created on the 26th of March, and um, and uh, the, the the good thing is um, I also have here the petition, and it's amazing because the petition was created on March 30th, and uh, in four days it had gotten 200 signatures. Let me see here. This is March, April. So in another month, it had already reached 800 signatures. And finally, on the uh, 8th of April, it had reached 1,200 signatures, which was pretty amazing wow. since it was created on March 30th. So yeah. it, was, it was just crazy. They just picked up on this um, uh, petition and they just went wild with it because at the time, we also started getting some attention from websites like Shock Chili Drop and Fangoria and, uh, of course, Revelations. And that that was amazing. And Crystal was one of the first people to start gathering all this uh, online coverage on uh, mm. this website called Scoop It. I'm going to let mm -hmm. you pick up on this, Crystal. Um, it's uh, Scoop It, and it's uh, backslash bring dash back dash nightbreed. We're up to 14 pages worth of articles and blogs and tweets. Um, I think there's about 10 per page, so. I mean, yeah. we've got wow. tons of information, and we, we I've tried to read every single article I've posted to make sure I'm not posting something terrible. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes I have thirty different articles lined up that mention Nightbreed the Cabal Cut, so I've been skimming them. Um, there's a lot of good ones. On there. a, yeah. Every once in a while, there's a blog that's you know got a negative review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or a less than positive one. Yeah. So yeah, that was amazing, and 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 of course, uh, uh, Simon Banford, and Nicholas Vince were added right at the same day it was created, and then and Bobby joined on the next day after we created this, and I ha I have all this stuff on notes here. The first tweet for Occupy Midian Twitter account was on March 30th as well, and Russell and Mark became ad admins on April 1st. 
April first. So that was that was yeah. when they became admins. So and, that, and at the same time they were they were developing uh, they they'd been developing the occupymedian.com website for a long time. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Christian Francis is the is the the guy who did, designed that website and he's the one that's that has recently put up the store uh, and he's designing the he's putting the t-shirts together to sell. That's so it, it, it's just been growing and growing. So that's that's amazing. The whole thing of, we couldn't have done this without the fans. I mean. When we were gathering petition signatures, we were trying to reach uh, – help me out here, Ryan. We were trying to reach 6,000 before June 1st, right? 5,000. 5,000. 5, yeah. yeah. And they were – there were people. We were all – like all of us were uh, devoted to trying to push this on Twitter. Please, you know, spamming the link. Please go to this petition. Please do it. Even Clyde Barker retweeted us a few times. And uh, mm. especially mm. there were like three people who really, you know, they really went, you know, the, the, the extra mile for it. One was Colin Lakativa. The other was Christine and Abigail. These were people who were maxing out the Twitter accounts, tweeting almost a thousand times a day. <laughs> I didn't know that you could get, you know, that you had to cool off your Twitter. Yeah, every no, they, thousand. They, yeah. they ban your account. Yeah, they still yeah. So they were maxing it out. They were like tweeting a thousand times a day. Please, you know, vote, uh, go for this petition. And you know, we even had. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that was great. That was wonderful. Didn't Christine even get Neil Gaiman to retweet it? Yes, yes. she did. And yeah. we got people like Neil Gaiman, Steve Niles, um, even the guy from MythBusters. Um, yes, Adam Savage. <laughs> yes, yeah, brilliant. That was just amazing. Yeah, we had a lot of people retweet that stuff. It's kind of cool to find out who um, to find out who's who is a Nightbreed fan, and, yeah. and it's also yeah. really cool to be able to meet all these uh, stars of the movie. I mean, I've it, it's weird. I've had so I've had uh, you know all of us. We've had so many more interactions with the stars of Nightbreed, and and actually Ann Bobby out of all of the cast members, she's def the most directly involved. With Occupy Midian, she came up with the idea of making making Occupy Midian signs. You know, where we take a picture of ourselves holding up a sign that you know says why you like Nightbreed and why you should Occupy Midian. No, yeah, that that was that was that was a great idea. I actually think I did the first sign myself, and then you did yeah. one, and Roger did another one. It just started picking up. We still have people taking pictures of themselves with signs saying. I love Nightbreed. I want to see it released. Please, you know, release it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Occupy Midian. So yeah, and we, when we were interviewing her, she said that we should do that. So that that's kind of where it came from. I said, there's definitely a, a a market out there. I mean, we I first found out about it through a, a Hellraiser fan forum. So even the Hellraiser community has been talking about it for ages as well. Yeah, it's it's you know co compared to Hellraiser, Nightbreed, you know, really got shafted. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's also too bad that Hellraiser didn't uh, that that Clive had sold the rights to Hellraiser, you know, well, off the bat. Exactly. So he he lost control of it so quickly. But but you know, if it were a matter of trying to get a uh, an extended version of Hellraiser or a, a, a high definition release, no, but there would be no debate. Yeah, I think. No. That. But the thing the thing is though that the um, Hellraiser as it stands is like I think a, a great. You know, obviously a masterpiece of filmmaking. Whereas yeah. Nightbreed, the original one, you were like, "Oh, it's really good. I love it, and it's great." But there was something missing. And when I saw the Cabal cut, yeah. I was like, "That is the That's version the film. 
that's the yeah. film that I want to see. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's the I, thing. I can see that. Uh, we have to take into account also that Hellraiser is a much more simple story than, than the Nightbreed was. Uh, yeah. It's a, just a, a simple Faustian tale where you have a very limited amount yeah. of characters. So it, it works very well. It's just a beautifully crafted little story, like you said. Yeah, uh, really limited sets also. Yeah. For Nightbreed, I think the problem is, like Russell Charrington keeps saying, it was supposed to be Gone with the Wind with Monsters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just too big, and uh, the producers didn't really get it. So I think there's this anecdotal uh, story about Clyde Barker being in a production meeting once, and one of the producers uh, asked him, uh, you know, I was reading this, and you have to be careful, because otherwise people might sympathize with the monsters. And Absolutely, was, yeah. And yeah. That's, the, that's the problem yeah. that they had. <laughs> At least people knew about that. When it when people watched Nightbreed for, for years and years, it was always, oh, this is that great film Clive Barker made that the studio messed around with. Yeah. yeah, and pe- so people knew about that already. Yeah, well, I mean, and 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 it's funny because it's like he he had had bad experiences with studios before, right? And that's why he decided to start yeah. directing himself. <laughs> oh yeah. And then after after what happened in on Nightbreed, he said, "I'm not only am I going to direct, but I'm going to executive produce for Lord of Illusions because, you know, he he couldn't trust producers anymore either." And he wanted mm-hmm. his own director's cut on laser on the contract, yeah. so that's what he got. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I just hope they they can find they can locate all this this footage because that's that's going to be a key element in in making sure that we get the the final definitive version of of the cabal cuts yes, on on a Blu-ray. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's working really hard to make people who don't understand realize that. We all love it. We all want it. And, you know, everyone's pushing hard to make everybody go, yes, let's get this amazing <laughs> DVD, Blu-ray, whatever it is going to be. Yeah. Get it out there and we will buy it. Yeah. And that's the message. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we've been sort of debating a little bit about, like, you know, about localization and stuff. And I'm I'm kind of thinking they should make it region free and just load it up with all different subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. So here's the thing. Um, also, I am not favorable to any kind of remakes of Hellraiser or Nightbreed. <laughs> I just wanted mm. to throw this out there because some people are talking about remaking Hellraiser. Some people are talking about, hey, wouldn't it be nice if they remade Nightbreed instead of all of this, you know, occupying yeah. skin thing? No. And I'm like, no, not at all. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. This is the way I to see go. That on- on other discussion groups too where they're like who do you think would be a good director for the remake of Nightbreed and they're like oh Del Toro and I just kind of stay away from that because I don't I I think that I I think that sort of steals focus from what you know what really can happen and what you know I don't know remake uh, you know it's like who remembers the 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 remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, right? I mean, that was sort of controversial at the time that it came out, yeah. but I can barely remember anything that happened in that movie now. Yeah, or yeah. the remake of, of, of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah. Recent remakes have been rubbish. But at the same time, uh, someone put on a forum a while ago. They said because I was just like, I don't want a remake of Hellraiser. I don't want it. I don't want it. It's not yeah. going to work. But then someone put on a forum. Look, if they do remake it, they can't fuck up any more than they already have done and i was <laughs> well, like yeah, yeah actually yeah i guess so maybe, maybe i should just 
I, I, loosen the claws and just go, okay, well, if you're going to remake it, fine, whatever. But I'm not really going to be up for it. But if you well, want to yeah, do that's it. Sort, that's sort of an interesting point because a lot of the Hellraiser sequels, in a way, are sort of remakes because they have nothing to do with the other movies. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. from Hellraiser 5 Inferno <laughs> onward. Yeah. It was like, you know, they threw out what, you know, they, they made like a clean slate on Hellraiser 5, and it's like, yeah. you know, uh, due to the. Well, I, I still hold out some kind of hope that maybe if they were to do a remake, it's out of my hands. They're going to do it anyway. It might be good. It, I don't know. It could, but it will you be something. Could, it, you never know, but like maybe, I don't know, but I don't hold out much hope for it. To be Here, here's my take on this. Here's my take on this. I think that, okay, uh, people, some people say, okay, remakes are, are, they have a good side, which is they draw attention to the original movie. They, they probably sometimes when they, people make a remake, then the original movie also comes out again. It's re-released and all that stuff. And, yeah. But the way I see it is, for example, Hellraiser was turned into a franchise and it was drained until it was bone dry. Okay, With Hellraiser Revelations, I think that's actually the, the bottom of the barrel. And <laughs> yes. if, if they do remake the movie, if they do make a Hellraiser remake – well, for one, they, they're going to have to do something that they're going to change it just enough so that it becomes, you know, fresh and new and original. But and they can never go back, right? They, you know, and it's not going to be what we're used to. But I think, you know, for a new generation, that can introduce them to the original series. But that said, even if the remake is good, the remake is just going to be the first step on another you know, on another process, which will be another sequel and another sequel, and then they'll get progressively worse again. Yeah, yeah. as as with all films. But I, I would say, if if they can, if by some amazing magic, some crazy director makes a remake of Hellraiser and it's good, and because of that, some kid now watches the original Hellraiser, I will go, yes, job done. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that's what I want. But do you think that that happens? I mean, do you think that teenagers go watch The Hills Have Eyes, you know, or Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes and go, I'm going to go back and see the originals now? I think so. I mean, or do you think I, they I just do. see that and go, oh, that was kind of okay, and then they and then they just, you know, well, go off and something else. I think, if you, I think if you get buzzed off a film, if you get if you if you if you enjoy a film these days yeah. with the internet, yeah. you just go, wait a minute, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was kind of a cool film. And you look at it and you're like, oh, there was another one. Yeah. You might watch it with your friends. You might think, oh, I don't know yeah. if that was I good, think... but you you got access to it now. Yeah, I think and that also happened just to us too. On the kid. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're talking about stupid kids. (laughs) Well, for example, I I saw the original movie, The Fly, with Vincent Price because I saw uh, Cronenberg's remake of The Fly. Yeah, me too. Me too, actually. When I was a kid, I watched the original one because I'd seen the the remake. So it does work. I saw the uh, black and white Night of the Living Dead because I saw Tom Savini's 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead. Exactly. Me too. Exactly. There you go. We've proved it. It works. So, <laughs> we've proved that remakes are only good in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> we've proved that if someone, if someone tomorrow makes a brilliant Hellraiser remake that everyone enjoys in the modern world, that someone somewhere will go on the internet and go, wait a minute, what's this other Hellraiser? And they will watch it. Yeah. Hmm. And one small child 
<laughs> will enjoy. Yeah. Small children shouldn't be watching Hellraiser. <laughs> hey, I watched it. I watched it when I was a small child. <laughs> yeah, look how you are. And up. look how I am. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a Hellraiser remake is going to be, I mean, it's going to be totally Americanized, right? I mean, it won't be the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It'll be full of, of pretty young teenagers who are played by 30-year-olds getting picked off one by one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, about, and about that, would, that, that would uh, suck. About that thing about little kids watching Hellraiser, I have to share this story because it's really cute. It's because I have a, I had a nephew um, when he was a kid. He was like two, three years old, four years old. And I have a lot of Hellraiser stuff. I have a lot of memorabilia. I have a lot of – I have some props. I have Lylesburg medallion from uh, Nightbreed. I actually own the original prop. And uh, I have a bust of Nick's from uh made my made by steve johnson from lord of illusions oh wow it's it's got the uh the the, the head and the shoulders and then it has a little uh, white hood draped all over it. it's it got a little wooden base so and uh, my brother owns the um the the bust of pinhead made by bob Keane. that i think there's like a, a handful of those in the world one of them is on um planet hollywood or something you can find that if you look up on uh <laughs> Cenobite.com on the on the collectible section. There is like one of those busts there, and the thing that uh, my nephew used to love just just looking and touching on the pinhead thing because it had pins on it, and you know he would actually I would pick him up, hold him next to the pinhead bust, and say, "Hey, look, this guy's got pins <laughs> in his head," and he would just laugh his laugh his head off. You know, it's just he wasn't afraid of it at all. He would just laugh, and uh, that was well. That's my story. I mean. It, if you're, yeah. So I hope I didn't scar so like you for life. Corrupt, corrupting young people. Well, <laughs> we forget though. Absolutely. Sometimes over here we forget that, of course, Hellraiser was released um, as an R-rated film, so kids could go and see it at the cinema. Hmm. Um. Yeah. As, as long as they've got their parents with them. Well, exactly. Yeah. But exactly. But, but it could be a very irresponsible parent or or an older brother. But um, over here, you could not see it unless you were over eighteen. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's how oh. the whole. The whole R rating system is you, kids can see the most horrific things if they've got an irresponsible adult with them. Absolutely. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm looking really forward to, um, to seeing finally the Cabal Cut. And I, I feel yeah. like I've seen it already because I've seen so much. I've heard so much from everybody involved in this and everybody discusses the movie with me. Even though, you know, I haven't seen the movie. I've read the script so many times. I feel like I've seen the movie in my head. So yeah. yeah, it's a very, it's a very. I would say it's a very emotional experience. When I watched it, I wasn't prepared. I thought this would be a great, you know, addition to Nightbreed. I thought, okay, this will be, you know, something quite good. But actually, I I really got caught up in it again, and yeah. I it really moved me. It was really good. It was a really great film, and it was something I didn't expect. I didn't expect it to be that good. I heard Simon Banford got all teary-eyed when he was watching the movie yeah, yeah yeah we spoke to him afterwards and he said he had a little a little cry yeah Aww. well best of luck to see it in the near future yeah absolutely so really looking forward to this and uh it, it was it was great being involved with occupy midian it was great that we got this thing helped us get thing get started yeah, and that we done really put, well gave it a little push along the way to promote this and there's been so many people helping out everybody that's a member of occupy midian is you know it's an amazing you know it's pushing forward to this to make this happen and uh, 
So many yeah. people that uh, have helped. Uh, it's just crazy. It's just all these fans sharing a common passion in order to help fulfill this, you know, this vision that Clive Barker had 20, 21 years ago, 22 hmm. years ago. So it's just it's just amazing. I'm really hoping to hold this in my hand one day as a, a Blu-ray mm -hmm. and say, okay, we we helped this thing happen, and you know now I yeah. can sit down and yeah. watch it and uh, fall asleep in the middle of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm sure you'll get there. And, and well done to everyone involved, Occupy Medium. It's really great. Yeah, that's good. And thanks for talking to us today as well. Yeah, it's been oh, great. No problem. <laughs> Do you guys have any more uh, radio productions or or audio productions ah, planned? We get that we got that question quite a lot. Yeah. Um, of, yes. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. quick answer is yes, of course. This, the long answer is um, not for a while because it needs to be of a certain quality. And the one we did took us quite a long time to hone it and get it right. So it's mm. going to be a case of when we get the script right for the next one and of course you hear this in, in you know in the movie world as well it's all about the script and once that's right then we'll look at producing it properly so uh, definitely yes at some point but yeah. we can't give any sort of time frame just yet because we both work full time as well so it's hard to get the yeah. time to actually yeah. do this yeah. thing properly well, who was long. the main actor for, for your uh, last one? he's a guy called that's Simon Kane. Oh, he, um, Simon Kane. Okay. He does a lot of comedy things, um, but he's he's a fantastic actor. That we he's both, a very lovely yeah. man. Really, and everyone was very scared by him. Yeah. In, <laughs> in, that, in that radio yeah. thing, your yeah. production yeah. "Piercing the Veil" was the best Hellraiser sequel I've seen or, or heard <laughs> or heard. Yeah. Uh, in comparison to like half of the Hellraiser sequels that we got in the movie. Oh. Oh. Well, that's very so nice. lovely. Thank you. Yeah. I was kind Thank of. You. What, when I was listening to it in my car and I was thinking, oh, here we go, you know, because like, it, you know, a fan thing. And uh, yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. actually finding myself getting scared and going, wow, this is really good. And yeah. and getting nervous, <laughs> like the, the, the part with the um, the the when he was going to kill that girl for the first time. I get, you know, yeah. I feel, oh, man, I don't want it. I don't want to hear this. This is scary. <laughs> yeah. We had people telling us they listened to it late at night with all the lights off, listening to it on headphones, and then, and they did actually get quite scared yeah. in their houses. And that was the plan. It was supposed to be a horror play, so yeah, yeah glad we did the job. I was listening yeah, great to it. Job. On, I was listening to it on my iPod, and uh, I was like, well, let's see what this is about. And I, I got it started. I hear the Cenobite torturing the poor tortured soul, and mm -hmm. going like, well, don't worry, you won't choke to death. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And I was, <laughs> so the hairs on the on my arms were were you know getting all bumpy. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is hair good. razor. Oh, hair oh razor. yeah, hair razor. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Oh, thank that you. means a lot. That means yeah. a lot. We're we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing them. We're gonna keep um with that. Yeah, definitely. Please do. Well, good. Yeah, we look forward to it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cool. Thanks very much. Thanks, Peter and Phil. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you no too. worries. It's very nice speaking with you. You too. Thanks nice so much. Nice to talk to you. And good luck with the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So, there we are. Thanks again to Ryan, Jose and Crystal for talking to us. That was good fun, wasn't it, Phil? It was a very nice chat, yeah. Very nice chat. If you haven't already, then do join the Facebook page, Occupy Midian. Go and sign a petition and go and see the film if it's coming near you. If you join these things, you will find out if there are any screenings near you of the Cabal Cut. It's definitely worth seeing. It's really, really good. Yes, very good. Marvellous. Now, on our next podcast, we're going to go back to Hellraiser, and we're going to go back to the comics, the epic comics. We'll be talking about books five and six. Ooh, Ooh read it up. 
Read it up. Read it up, you mothers. All right, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.